Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. Over the past weeks, we've been focusing on Jesus Christ coming into the world and what that means. First of these four programs, we spent time reflecting on Jesus Christ himself as the gift of gifts. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And by what we call his active obedience, we have a perfect righteousness, something we most certainly don't have in ourselves but that we can have by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as he's freely offered to us in the gospel. When you come to him in faith, you're united with him, and all that is his becomes yours. Now, that's the gospel. That's the good news. And it's the greatest news in the whole universe. (laughs) Above all else, you have forgiveness of sins by virtue of what we call Christ's passive obedience, his enduring the wrath of God, hell itself for all of his people, And you have the fruit of Jesus Christ's perfect active obedience, the righteousness that our first father, Adam, failed to attain, but that the son and last Adam attained is yours when you come to him in faith. That is glorious, glorious good news. Well, in the second program in the series, we considered the world into which Jesus Christ came. In both that program and the previous one, my guest was the fascinating professor of church history at Mid-America Reformed Seminary, Pastor Dr. Alan Strange. In this program, Dr. Strange gave us a painful look at the darkness, the gloom, and the distress, as the prophet Isaiah puts it, of the first century world. You can't appreciate how the world today is different because Christ came, well, until you get a little window on the world before Christ came. In the third program, we opened up just a little about how the world really is different because Christ came. And I urge you to listen to that program and the previous two to help you flesh out the Bible's picture of a worldwide kingdom under the lordship of Jesus Christ, a kingdom that replaces darkness, gloom, and distress with light, joy, and peace, things that begin within you individually and then work themselves out as your witness in the world. And you can find these programs on sermonaudio.com. Put a visit to the pastor's study in the search box, and that will give you full access to these programs and to the rest of our archives. Well, for today's program, let's think about Christ coming as we are on the threshold of a new year. Because Christ came into the world— Oh, what can we expect in the new year of our Lord, A.D., Anno Domini? While we certainly can't predict specifics, and don't for a moment believe those who say they can make those kinds of predictions, the Bible is full of prophecies that we know are true when we properly interpret them, and that's often more difficult than you think. Jesus himself told us about the future, the whole gospel age, 
in the Gospel of Matthew, the 24th chapter. Jesus has shocked his disciples by telling them that the magnificent temple in Jerusalem, the symbol of Old Testament Israel, would be destroyed so that there will not be left one stone upon another that will not be destroyed. Well, the disciples respond by asking two questions, although they probably consider them as one. When will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? The disciples thought that Jesus' return from heaven to bring the New Testament age to an end would also be the time that the temple in Jerusalem would be destroyed. But Jesus' answer, which you can read in Matthew 24, distinguishes these events. The Jerusalem temple would be destroyed by the Roman army in A.D. 70. Jesus' bodily return would be after that, by how many years? Well, only God knows. But before answering the two questions, Jesus gives a list of things that he specifically says mean that the end of the New Testament age is not yet. And it's quite amazing that people very often take these things to mean that Jesus' return is imminent, right on the horizon. But Jesus specifically says these things are but the beginning of birth pangs. He says that in verse 8 of Matthew 24, and what he means, as the Apostle Paul would develop in the same theme in Romans chapter 8, is that our world under the curse is like a woman in labor getting ready to deliver what we call new heavens and new earth, a whole new creation. The world's Braxton Hicks contractions indicate that the current age is pregnant with the prospect of new heavens and new earth. But these aren't yet the labor pains for the delivery of that new world that will precede the coming of Jesus Christ at the last day of this world's history. Well, what are those things that mark every age, every year of the Christian era? Listen to the list that the great prophet Jesus gives us. Deception in religious matters. See that no one leads you astray. For many, and I emphasize that, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many, and again, I emphasize the word, they will lead many astray. And apparently, this is a big concern for Jesus, because later in this passage, he says that many, note the word again, false prophets will arise and lead many astray. In the new year, and in every year until Jesus returns from heaven, you can expect more false teachers and more false teaching that will lead many astray. Your religious commitments are your most fundamental ones, whether you know it or not. Now, think very carefully about these religious commitments. You don't want to be among the many who are led astray by the many who come to you in the name of Christ or in the name of any other religious leader they profess to represent. Even the devil himself comes as an angel of light. So be careful that you're believing the truth that liberates and not lies that lead astray. Calamities, both man-made and in nature, will mark every year until Jesus returns from heaven. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Think of the newscasts every day. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and I would add hurricanes, tornadoes, typhoons, and tsunamis. But don't jump to conclusions when you hear and see these things. Jesus said these things must take place 
but the end is not yet. There will be persecutions of Christians and others in the new year. They will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, even as Jesus himself was despised and rejected and crucified So his disciples will be in various forms in every age and in every year. As a result, many who profess to be Christians will fall away. Jesus adds that they will betray one another and hate one another. The pressures of a world system that is antagonistic to God, the work of a very active devil, giving into fleshly rather than spiritual ways of dealing with brothers and sisters in Christ, all of those things will be present with you and me in the new year and every year until Jesus returns. Lawlessness will increase and the love of many will grow cold, so says Jesus in Matthew 24 and verse 12. Unless the Lord sends revival and brings true repentance and faith, Now, this is the natural tendency even of professed Christians. And if the Lord removes his hand of restraint from any culture, lawlessness surely increases and chills the ardor of so many who profess to be followers of Christ. You can expect to see that in the new year. Even prominent Christian leaders who will turn away from the Lord that they had professed to love and to serve. But that won't be true of all. The one who endures to the end, Jesus said, will be saved. The power of God's grace is still greater than the power of the world. And you and I must never forget that. In the new year, you'll hear of Christians who have remained faithful unto death. And you will know at least some of them personally. In the new year, and in every year, they are God-given models for you to follow so that you too will endure to the end and be saved. And the last mark of every year until Christ comes back is the brightest. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to them. The light shines in the darkness, wrote the Apostle John in the first chapter of the gospel that goes by his name, and the darkness did not overcome it. While to our eyes there seemed to be victories for darkness, lawlessness, and lovelessness, these these are simply clouds that more or less block the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The Son of Righteousness still rises with healing in his wings, even as the sun rises every morning. Now, you may not see it well because of the clouds, but eventually the sun's rays, the sun's power, take them away. Or the power of the sun causes the clouds to pour down showers and rain as they have become full from the evaporation of the waters. Well, in the same way, Jesus gets victories even out of seeming defeats. And you'll see that in the new year, too. So what does all of this look like? How might we see those victories in the new year? Well, we'll consider that after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. 
It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill.com. Bill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. I'm your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. Today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study, we're looking at Christ and a new year. So let's think more about those things that we can expect in the new year and uh, things that are brighter than most of the things we mentioned in the previous segment. Oh, and there's an important announcement, so stay tuned. The Old Testament book of Isaiah is full of prophecies of the coming of Jesus Christ. Those prophecies are remarkable because even though they were written over 700 years before Jesus Christ was born, they so specifically tell us things about Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and reign. He was indeed born of a virgin. He was and is Emmanuel, God with us. He was despised, and he was rejected of men. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities on the cross. But the grave could not hold him. He would be raised as the great victor over death, and that victory would be proclaimed throughout the earth. Never forget that as we come to a new year. Jesus really is Lord. And think about the grand things said about Jesus In the ninth chapter of Isaiah's prophecy, well, there are things you read on cards and hear sung in the season we call Christmas, if you're at all familiar with the magnificent oratorio by George Friedrich Handel, the Messiah, well, these things are embedded in your memory. And while we think of them particularly at this time of the year, since the coming of Christ, they're true every year since Christ came into the world. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Never forget that in the new year of our Lord, the government of all things is on the shoulders of of the reigning King Jesus. The church is commissioned to go into all the world and make disciples of men, women, boys, and girls of all nations, and that will be done in the new year. By what right can people be called to change their religion, to change their way of thinking, to change their lives, and become followers of Jesus Christ? Because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He really is king of kings and lord of lords. 
And you can be absolutely sure that in the new year, that message will be proclaimed to more and more people of every tongue, tribe, and nation in the whole world. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possessions as God the Father to his Son, who has been made king, now reigning from heaven. And it's in Isaiah's ninth chapter again that you get a picture of what this kingdom looks like, although there are many other picture prophecies of that kingdom in the Old Testament. Here's Isaiah's statement of the increase of Christ's government and of peace. There will be no end. He will establish and uphold that kingdom with justice and with righteousness from the time of Christ's birth and forevermore. Now, that means you can be sure that in the new year, Jesus' kingdom will increase, bringing the full meaning of peace, shalom, to more and more people of more and more nations. Peace that has its source not in us, but in God. God, as the holy, righteous one, must be at war with all that is against him that is unholy and unrighteous. But Jesus rendered God peaceable by his reconciling work on the cross. And remember that Jesus is the gift of gifts. He makes peace with God possible for you. And, and when you surrender to God and come to Jesus Christ in true faith, you are finally at peace with God. Therefore, having been justified, declared righteous by faith in Christ, we have peace with God. Do you? You can be absolutely sure that in the new year, many men and women and boys and girls in every nation will become at peace with God. And that peace works itself out, or at least it should, so that believers in Christ are at peace with one another. They're called to work hard to keep the unity that the Holy Spirit gives in the bonds of peace. Other believers in Christ are my brothers and sisters in him, and by God's grace, I'm going to live out of that truth. We're a family in Christ. So what should you expect in the new year? Jews and Gentiles who have come to Christ, worshiping together. Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists who find in Jesus the true and living God, the light and the Redeemer, putting aside their animosities and living as the family of God. Atheists and agnostics whose eyes are open to behold their God, now reveling in the faith they once so proudly and stout-heartedly opposed. And that peace, that shalom, that fullness of blessing— will work itself out in practical ways by which those at peace with God and with one another seek to bless those around them. In the new year, expect to see new, innovative, fresh, exciting works of love, Christian charity, that bring light to dark places and life to places of death. That's happened every year since Christ came. And you can be sure it will come in this new year, too. But especially given how bleak things look in so much of the world and how 
powerfully wickedness seems to have cultures like ours in its clutches, how can you and I be so sure of these things? Because the prophet Isaiah says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are infinitely more powerful than human wickedness of any sort. In the year to come, and in this year we're in, and in all others to come, God has a zeal to get the glory that is due to his name because he's God. His zeal means that all for whom Jesus died will be saved and none will be lost. Jesus will see of the travail, the work of his soul, and he will be satisfied. And his zeal means that all the things accomplished by Jesus will be made known to all the nations. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And that's why you can bank on these things in the new year, my dear listeners, because yeah, the mouth of the Lord has spoken it and because Jesus really is King of kings and Lord of lords. Come to him and believe in him and follow him faithfully and watch, watch how you'll be part of this grand kingdom, the grand story of true eternal peace in the Prince of Peace. Well, today's visit to the pastor's study ends three years and one month in which many Christian pastors, teachers, and non-ordained servants of the Lord have visited with me and let you listen in as we've opened up some of the rooms and corners and hallways and dining areas of the Christian faith. I hope the programs have given you a taste of what pastoral ministry and true Christian life and service are all about. That's our purpose. But, at least for now, this will be the last of the 26-minute editions of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. My call as an ordained minister in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church has been changed from being a regional home missionary, in which part of my job description was to plan, prepare, produce, and promote a radio program that reached the entire metropolitan New York area and beyond. But as of the new year... I begin a call to serve as organizing pastor of a mission work of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, The Haven, which currently meets in Deer Park, Suffolk County, Long Island. And the demands of that work will occupy all of my ministerial labors as they should. The Lord's people have that right from the one they call to represent him as he leads them as a pastor. And so, while I will continue to do a a two-and-a-half-minute weekly segment of a visit to the pastor's study on Redeemer Broadcasting's weekly news program, Holding All Things Together, this program concludes the weekly 26-minute program, at least for now. My thanks to so many who have made the past three years and one month possible, to Chris Arnzen, director of Cruciform Media, for being my agent and working with WLIE and WBWD Radio, to Prasad Venigala for funding the whole first year of the one-hour editions of A Visit to the Pastor's Study and also HealthWise, to Dan Elmendorf, director of Redeemer Broadcasting, for his regular counsel, for his prayers, 
and for making the noon slot on Saturdays available for a simulcast of the program. I commend that network to you, RedeemerBroadcasting.org, for fine Christian programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. To my many guests who took their time and helped me help you get a bigger vision for the kingdom of God, to George Romano and Rick Jaquez of WLIE, now WBWD Radio. Rick served as my engineer and broadcast counselor. He's a consummate professional, and both George and Rick are not only fine radio engineers, but they've become dear friends to me over the past three years and one month. To the many donors to Reformation Metro New York, Incorporated, whose gifts provided one-third of my support to do this program and to serve as regional home missionary for the Presbytery of Connecticut and Southern New York of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. I couldn't have done this without you. And last but not least, my thanks to all of you who have listened, communicated with me, and have become part of my broadcasting parish during this chapter of my ministerial life. Now, these programs are going to continue to be available on the A Visit to the Pastor's Study site on sermonaudio.com and also on our website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. And you can reach me at my email address, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. My greatest desire for all of you is that you know the great pastor, Jesus Christ. Pastors can point you to everlasting life in him, but only he can give it to you. Entrust yourself to this great shepherd, remembering that the one who believes in him will never be disappointed. And don't forget, Sunday is the Lord's day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.